It's Sunday, November 24th, 1963, and you're listening to And That's the Way It Was. Hey, Ma, I see you picked up the Duluth Sunday News Tribune. Yeah. Figured it'd be nice to keep up with what's going on with the story. Uh, yeah, so. in fact, hold that up, ones. Yeah. See, they have a thing. It said that you can pick up the papers as a keepsake. Oh, let me see. Keepsake papers of Kennedy's death available. Many area residents have expressed a desire to obtain as a keepsake copies of the Friday Herald and the Saturday News Tribune, which contain word and picture coverage of the president's assassination. These newspapers may be obtained from local dealers or at the counter of the circulation department of the newspaper in Duluth. Well, we already got ours. Uh, that's what we talked about you know, yesterday, the day before. So... It's nice that they're that they're printing more for other people though, who maybe you know didn't have a subscription and didn't get it the day of. It's funny because I grabbed your uh, cumin flavored bread, <laughs> or cumin bread. I thought I was grabbing your coconut butterscotch bread, but it's good just the same with your coffee. All you got to do is smell it, and mm -hmm. you know what one you're grabbing. Anyway, let's look at what we've got here. Photos link Oswald to murder rifle. Well. I mean, that would be good if they actually had some evidence because up until now, in all the papers that we looked at, uh, I don't know, everything seemed very circumstantial to me. Yeah. You know, he, they had the, what was it, paraffin test showing that he had gunpowder on his hand, but he shot a cop too. So, you know, what does that actually mean? So right. let's see what these pictures are about. Uh, where is that story? Is it not on the front page? Is that just the headline? I don't see the story that's linked to that headline. Do you? No. Oh, it might be here. Perfect case police goal. Oh. Dallas AP. Dallas Police Chief Jesse Curry said Saturday night photographs found in the home of Lee Harvey Oswald's Russian-born wife link him with the rifle used in the assassination of President Kennedy. Curry said the pictures found in the home in suburban I. Irving, Texas, will be used as evidence in Oswald's murder trial. He has been charged with murdering the president, killing a Dallas policeman, and now with attempting to kill Governor uh, John Connolly, Texas. The last charge, assault with intent to murder Connolly, was filed this afternoon, the chief said. Homicide Captain Will Fritz, who earlier declared that Oswald killed the president, would not elaborate on the photographs or say when or where they had been taken. We're going to work on this until we have a perfect case, Fritz said, adding that the investigation would continue. District Attorney Henry Wade said he is confident of getting the death penalty for Oswald. 24, a man police say is proud of being a communist. Wouldn't it be nice to get the, I mean, to, to vow to get the death penalty before you prove the guy is the, the perpetrator? I think that's kind of ridiculous, but... Well, that's what they're always looking for, a death penalty for everyone. Yeah. Oswald is denied he killed anyone. He also was charged with the murder of sh in the shooting of a Dallas policeman. Fritz said the police also have photographs that place Oswald with the pistol used in the slaying of the policeman. The veteran police officer said the rifle definitely had been purchased by mail order from Chicago, but he declined to say who had bought it. I don't like guns by mail. That's kind of stupid. Wade said Oswald will be tried first, probably in mid-January, in the death of the president. 
President Kennedy was killed from ambush Friday by a gunman who snapped off a rapid volley of shots that also wounded blah blah blah. We've already seen all of that. Is anything else that's new here? And they mention again that Oswald once wrote to Connolly from Russia. We saw that a couple days ago in the paper. Yeah, that's why I would have thought, if anything, Connolly was the target. Yeah, that was what that uh, that was what the one Daily Globe was was claiming. I uh, hear chief of police Jesse Curry said, "I think his actual target was the president." I say this because he hit the president twice from about a seventy-five year distance on a slant, and apparently he was an expert marksman. See, that's what I said. The the way that the shots happened, it looked the way that he got hit, the president got hit, based on what I was reading in the other papers. I don't know. They would indicate to me that that was who they were aiming for. Oh, because it was so from so far away. Well, just because hitting the guy twice exactly where you would want to hit the guy seems unrealistic if it was not who you were actually aiming for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oswald was arrested within an hour after the president died. Police dragged him screaming and struggling from a movie theater in a shopping district where they had gone in pursuit of a man who had gunned down a Dallas policeman a few minutes earlier. It's continued on a later page, but let's see what else is on this front page. Morning for Kennedy Universal. Yeah, they're talking about foreign dignitaries who were paying their respects. For example, in Moscow, Soviet Premier Khrushchev broke off a tour to pay his personal respects at the U.S. Embassy and send messages to President Johnson and Mrs. Kennedy. He said he and the Soviet Union were deeply grieved. Crowds came to the embassy to sign a book of condolences, something unprecedented for Moscow in the depths of the Cold War. Let me see. This picture? No, where it said... Let's say all the countries were mourning. No, I guess that's not it. From almost everywhere, Red China was a lone exception. No, Wait. I don't get the why they signal single out Red China because isn't the Soviet Union communist as well? Well, because according to Washington, there's two Chinas. There's Red China, the mainland, yeah. communists, and there's also Formosa, which is. Uh, Chiang Kai-shek's KMT party controlled. That's the nationalists in China. Okay. Or the nationalists from China who fled China after their civil war. But is Russia communist? Yeah. Okay. So why are they single? Because there's, there's two Chinas. Okay, there's so only there's, one Soviet Union. I know, but the deal is the Soviets are good because they sent their condolences, well, even though they're communist, and the Chinese are rotten because they're red. I don't think that that's the point that they're making here. I think they're oh. just claiming that it was that China and not the other China. It's not Formosa. Oh, okay. So, it's in a other words... It's a descriptor rather than an attack. Okay. So we're not saying the communist Russia is bad because they're condoling, condolencing us. Yeah, every, everybody is except for red China. Okay. Although, who knows? I mean, they still may. They just haven't yet. Business to halt in tribute. Nearly all municipal, county, state, and federal offices in public and parochial schools in the northern tri-state area will be closed all day Monday. In respect to President John F. Kennedy. Uh, it is up here, too. Well, and then... Oh, what did I see? Nuclear energy. Right here. Swedish premier's life threatened. Swedish security... Police set up a special guard for Premier T 
Taga Erlander Saturday after a threat to shoot him down like President Kennedy. It was the first time a Swedish premier has had special protection. Police officials reported an unidentified man had called and threatened that Kennedy is not the only statesman who will die these days. Well, that's scary. Yeah. He upheld the faith of our fathers. President Lyndon B. Johnson issued the following proclamation Saturday. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, 35th President of the United States, has been taken from us by an act which outrages decent men everywhere. He upheld the faith of our fathers, which is freedom for all men. He broadened the frontier of that faith and backed with the energy and the courage which are the mark of a nation he led, of the nation he led. A man of wisdom, strength, and peace, he molded and moved the power of our nation in the service of a world of growing liberty and order. All who love freedom will, will mourn his death. As he did not shrink from his responsibilities but welcome them, so he would not have us shrink from carrying on his work beyond this hour of national tragedy. That reminds me of what I told you yesterday, or was it the day before? Uh, in the, I believe it was the Daily Globe, they were talking about how a lot of the Republicans were going to have to reconfigure their strategy because Johnson's much more conservative than FDR. But I speculated that because of the tragedy of his assassination that Johnson would still try to push through some of Kennedy's biggest goals as basically a tribute to him. And which which may make Johnson as much of a, um, in jeopardy of his life as Kennedy was. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, to, based on all of this, it sounds like a lone gunman who's not connected to anything else. So, okay, you know, if so they get the, the one guy, yeah, there. that's, I mean, based on the reporting that I'm seeing here, that's what it sounds like. But, uh, you know, who really knows? But, yeah, this this last section here. As he did not shrink from his responsibilities, but welcomed them, so he would not have us shrink from carrying on his work beyond this this hour of national tragedy. So he's kind of pledging to keep with Kennedy's... Yeah, which is kind of what I thought would happen. And I said that a couple days ago, um, which would be good. I mean, a lot of the things that Kennedy was pledging to do but hadn't yet done were ostensibly good things. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, better than LBJ himself would have come up with, but... Yeah. If he carries that on, you know, there's nothing much to complain about. <sighs> Floral tributes honor slain president. Yeah. Burial to be in Arlington. I know, I'm going to turn it in a second. Give me a second. I don't have anyone to play with. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's the UPI release. A, lo a lonely little boy who observes his third birthday Monday wandered through a big Washington house Saturday complaining, I don't have anyone to play with. John Fitzgerald, Gen D John Fitzgerald Kennedy Jr. says his father was killed by a bad man, but still he doesn't seem to understand why the slain president is not there to walk the White House corridors with him or why he is not allowed in the presidential offices. It is different for Carolyn Kennedy to be six years old on Wednesday. Bright beyond her years, she seemed to comprehend death. The children were told Friday night that their father was dead. The White House did not say who told them, but presumably it was their mother. Friends said Mrs. Kennedy was, uh, Mrs. Kennedy, not given to public displays of emotion, was making it a point to try to hold up under the strain. They said she hasn't yet realized completely what has happened. 
she has kept a steady vigil with death since she saw her husband fatally wounded in the open car in downtown Dallas Friday afternoon. She cradled him in her arms and his blood splattered all over her as she cried, oh no. Well, think of what a change. I mean, it's not just the loss of a spouse and the loss of a spouse to an assassin and the loss of the father of your kids. But you go from being first lady living in the White House to I don't know what the procedure is, but she's not the president's wife anymore. So I'm assuming that Mrs. Johnson is moving into the White House. The Johnsons are in the White House. And then what, do, what happens with the Kennedys? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that one, the Johnsons probably have the grace to allow her to stay as they figure things out if she wants to. Well, but, I'm assuming But they're so a rich too. family anyway. It's well, not like, like that was yeah. their only residence. Correct. But still, you know, it's a, just an upheaval. It's an upheaval all the way around. Anytime you have to move, but to move under such tragic circumstances and to be in the limelight, to go from being in the limelight to being in the limelight for a horrendous incident is, is kind of just bizarre. No, I, I know what you mean, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, they'll just have to figure that out here more. Kennedy to be buried in Arlington. Tri-State Business to Health and Tribute. These are all just continuations. Morning for Kennedy Universal. Just yeah, yeah, a bunch, bunch more. Well, let's see. There's some ads for... Hmm. Here's an interesting one. In Katanga, former breakaway province of the Congo, the entire provincial cabinet rushed to the residence of the U.S. consul with their wives to express grief. This is an old Bantu custom, one minister said. We Bantus always mourn the passing of a great chief. Katanga was the, the breakaway part of the Congo that Lumumba was trying to bring back into the country when he was assassinated. Oh. Prime Minister Nehru. Yeah, just a bunch of leaders talking about that. Here's some advertisements. Ooh, a velour overcoat from Italy, 75 bucks. Yeah, that's quite a bit. A lot of money, but quite a bit for you know a velour coat from Italy. Yeah, imported Venetian. I'm more interested in. Uh, let's see, what do we got here for food? Ah, uh, 19 cents for a quart yeah. of Miracle Whip. Hey, pumpkin. We need a lot of pumpkin because uh, the cat likes pumpkin. Yeah, Thanksgiving, you always need a lot of pumpkin. Nine cents a can. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. And then five for 95 cents for frozen orange juice. That's a good deal. Lettuce, two for 29 cents. Yeah. Well, we like salad. Well, but, you know, Thanksgiving, we tend to kind of shun salads and eat the heavier stuff. Yeah, that's true. Well, we've got our pie fillings here. Your choice, cherry, peach, or strawberry, 27 cents each. Oh, and I love Wilderness brand. They make great pie fillings. That's a good deal. Yeah, hopefully they're not going anywhere because they've, they've got the best pie fillings for my money. Yeah. Free stuffing. With your turkey. Huh. 33 cents a pound. It's a shame these are all in Duluth and not here in Ironwood. Yeah, but they're going to end up having to have... Well, there's red owl on the back. That's here. Yeah. We have a red owl. Yeah, nine cents for a 15-ounce can of pumpkin. Yeah. Cranberry sauce, 15 cents. Yeah. That's always the... Or, or you can buy staple. the fresh cranberries for 19 cents for the whole pound bag. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, we'll yeah. make our own cranberry sauce. I got a lot of recipes with cranberries anyway. Okay. Anyway, let's check back in the news here. 
Big names may talk in Thompson trial. May not talk. May not talk in Thompson trial. The murder trial of St. Paul lawyer T. Eugene Thompson goes into its sixth week Tuesday with the curious still waiting for a glimpse of two star witnesses for the state. All courts will be closed Monday for President Kennedy's funeral. In a week sometimes pl- uh, in a week of sometimes plotting, sometimes sensational testimony, the state built the foundation for the appearance of the big names, but they may not even testify. Thompson is charged with planning and paying for the murder of his 34-year-old wife, Carol, last March 6th. I guess we don't read the Duluth news very often, because I don't even remember that case. So this lawyer killed off his wife. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Still to be, well, at least that's what he's on trial for. Yeah. Still to be heard from the alleged middleman, Norman Mastrian, and the man charged with wielding the gun and knife that killed the woman. Oh, I said a lawyer wasn't even... No, that's what they said. He's charged with planning and paying for uh, the murder okay. Dick W.C. Anderson both are held in St. Paul. Mastrian reportedly has not talked with police and may say little beyond his own name when and if he appears. Unless his attorneys can block an appearance prosecutor, William Randall may call Mastrian to the stand just to have the jury hear him plead the Fifth Amendment. Anderson has been described as a willing talker, the man who joined with hoodlum Shelley Morris in sketching a good deal of the state's case. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look more into that case. Like I said, we don't get the Duluth, uh, the Duluth News Tribune particularly often, so I don't even remember hearing about that case. Assassination closes market. News of President Kennedy's assassination caused the stock market to close early Friday. Associated Press average of 60 stocks dropped sharply during the week. The averages closed at 268.3, down from 278.1 a week ago, as shown in the chart. Commodity index closed lower at 158.8 from 160.1 a week before. Livestock, food, and agriculture components declined. That's what we saw in that other paper Mm -hmm. as well, the drop in the, the market. Hagerty bears two plots against Eisenhower. There were plots against the life of President Eisenhower while he was in office as James C. Hagerty, his former press secretary. Hagerty, now an American broadcasting company executive, said last night both plots were traced to the Nationalist Party of Puerto Rico, the same group accused of the abortive attempt on the life of President Truman. In the spring of 1958, Hagerty said... Secret Service agents learned an attempt would be made to toss grenades into Eisenhower's car during a trip through a Midwest city. The second plan to assassinate Eisenhower, he said, was reported to the Secret Service in the spring of 1959. Neither attempt came off and no one was arrested in the plot, Hagerty said. So it sounds like three assassination attempts were tied to this nationalist Puerto Rican group, or the Nationalist Party of Puerto Rico. Uh, Why don't we just let them... (laughs) Be an independent country if that's what they want. Right. Well, we don't. We uh, like to interfere in everywhere. I mean, we say that we uphold liberty, but we're basically holding them against their will. It sounds like. Yeah. Okay. News of Kennedy stabs GIs abroad. Yeah, here we've got testimony of a bunch of people in Frankfurt. A bunch of soldiers in Frankfurt. Viet Reds let captive go. Saigon, South Vietnam. An American civilian taken captive by communist Viet Cong guerrillas almost six months ago was released unexpectedly Saturday within a few miles of the place he was seized. 
wearing a battered khaki shirt and rubber shower sandals, Arthur E. Krauss, 29, of Onarga, Illinois, was released by a small band of guerrillas about 400 yards from a military outpost near Tam Key, 350 miles northwest of Saigon. The U.S. Embassy spokesman said Krauss appeared well, but would be brought Sunday to Saigon for a medical checkup. Krauss was taken prisoner by the Viet Cong last June 8th while driving his jeep along a dirt road south of Tam Key. His bullet-riddled vehicle was found by Vietnamese peasants. Krauss is a civilian employee of the Philco Corp under contract to the U.S. operations mission here. He was a radio installer in strategic hamlets and government outposts. Well, I mean, if he's still in good health after six months... They couldn't have treated him too poorly. No, I mean, consider how... And they, how, they returned him to where he was taken from. Well, uh, consider how poor Vietnam is and during wartime. It's not like the people that are living in Vietnam that aren't prisoners are going to be treated having, uh, you know, luxurious conditions. So for the guy after six months to still be in pretty good shape, uh, that sounds like... Well, it'd be kind of interesting to hear his... How the medical checkup goes? Yeah, well, the, not just the medical checkup, but to hear an interview with him. You think we'll ever get to see an interview with him to see what... Well, I'm sure. Him, I'm sure once he's repatriated that we'll have, you know, he'll have newspapers uh, covering him. Red China reports killing. No comment. The new... China News Agency, official voice of the communist China and one of Kennedy's most severe critics, reported his assassination without comment Saturday. For a time after reporting the death, the news agency carried what appeared to be a previously written to be previously written dispatches containing derogatory references to the slain American president. Although, to be fair, so did our uh, Daily Globe. You remember in the same article yeah. about his assassination, there was the... pre-written things. I mean, obviously written before his assassination that we're talking about how stupid he was with his handling of the communist countries. Right. Uh, so, I mean, that is exactly what we had right. here in our local paper. Yeah, we're allowed to bash him, but we're the, no one else is. Later dispatches did not refer to the late president, but they continued to grind out the standard Peking propaganda line against the United oh, States. This is terrible. What, what's this? 63 die in nursing home inferno. Oh my gosh, that Here's is Here's a terrible. photo. A fireman probes the ruins of the Golden Age nursing home where 63 patients perished. 63? Wow. A wind-driven fire roared through a rural rest home for elderly persons early Saturday, killing 63 men and women in the country's worst fire since 95 died in a Chicago school tragedy almost five years ago. I remember that. Yeah. I do too. I mean, that was all the news. State Fire Marshal Fred Rice said 63 persons, some of them old, perished. It was the first. It was first believed that 65 had died, but further checking showed that the rest home had 85 patients Friday. One person died of natural causes, leaving 84 patients in the building when the fire broke out. Three employees and 21 residents at the Golden Age Nursing Home were rescued in the pre-dawn fire and taken to the Fisher Titus Hospital in Norwalk. About two-thirds of them were invalids and some suffered burns uh, and from the chill night air, but their condition generally was described as good. There was no immediate explanation of the disaster. So there were Finchville. only three employees taking care of like 80-some residents? Uh, there was only three that were rescued. I don't know how many there were total. It says three employees and 21 residents at that nursing home were rescued. There could have been, you know... 10 and the other seven died i don't know let me see if i can find that in here uh 
there was another fire uh, in this uh, of a, another nursing home this week on Monday. Twenty five elderly persons were killed in a fire at Surfside Hotel in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it was the wow, worst. Wow, I wonder if it's poor bit building conditions or if they really have that poor a staffing that a fire can get out of control that quickly and, and there's no one to assist these poor invalid people. Here. A fire was the worst in this country since December 1st, 1957, when 95 persons died in the Chicago parochial school fire. We remember that one. Mm -hmm. The disaster here, however, was far from Ohio's worst. 320 persons having perished in an April 21st, 1930 fire at the state penitentiary in Columbus. Wow. Yeah, obviously I don't remember that one. No. Yeah, they don't say how many employees there was total there. They only say about the three that got out. So it could be that there was three. It could be that there was 15. It doesn't say. Yeah. Anything else here? No. No. Two new scrolls found. Jerusalem, Israel, Israeli sector. Fragments of two newly found desert scrolls nearly 2,000 years old are being studied by scholars wow. in Jerusalem. One of the documents is said to show a remarkable resemblance to the famous Dead Sea Scrolls. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what those say Duluth Symphony three presidents killers late paid with their own lives what's that about the assassins of the three presidents murdered in office before President Kennedy ultimately paid for their crimes with their lives John Wilkes Booth, who killed Abraham Lincoln in 1865 was pursued and trapped 12 days later in a barn near Bowling Green, Virginia where he was shot by a cavalry sergeant. You remember what the name of that sergeant was? I do. No. Boston Corbett. Wow, that's a cool name. Yeah, he was in a tobacco barn. Well, I mean, uh, John Wilkes Booth was in a tobacco barn, and this guy named Boston Corbett, who was uh, in the army, shot him through the, the open walls of that barn, because, you know, those tobacco barns had to have oh, a little, little bit of space, airflow. Yeah. Charles J. Guiteau, who shot James A. Garfield, in a Washington, D.C. railroad station on July 2nd, 1881, was tried, convicted, and hanged in Washington one year later. Uh, Leon Zolgaz, who shot William McKinley in Buffalo, New York on September 14th, 1901, was tried in New York Supreme Court, convicted, and electrocuted six weeks later in Auburn, New York State Prison. All three used pistols at short range. Gateau and Zolgaz made no attempt to escape. Booth, a Southern sympathizer. Well, I think Southern sympathizer is understating that a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, I think likely Oswald will suffer the same fate if uh, they convict him. Well, they said they were looking for the death penalty. So that, I mean, if he is convicted of it, that would be, that would be the case. Yeah. Uh, Booth, a Southern sympathizer, thought he would find asylum in the South. Historians are not in universal agreement about his motives and planning. What? Every account I've seen has been pretty uh, unanimous about his yeah <laughs> his, his intent. I mean, uh, there was also like he, uh, Lincoln was not the only person who was attempted to be assassinated that night. They tried to kill a bunch of other people in the cabinet. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know how they came up with that line. But they do mention something here. I remember this reading this in a book. 
By a rare coincidence, Lincoln's oldest son, Robert Todd, was at the scene of all three assassinations. He was in the Ford Theater the night his father was shot, at the Washington Railroad Station moments after Garfield was shot, and at the American Exposition in Buffalo just after McKinley was shot. Coincidence? Yeah. I also remember reading somewhere that, uh, I believe it was Robert Todd Lincoln, got stuck in a railroad track one time and a train was going to run him over and he was rescued by John Wilkes Booth's brother. I vaguely remember that story as well. Body phone, thought that of missing girl, Faribault. I don't even know where that is. The body of a girl or woman was found Saturday about four miles southeast of Faribault. They're trying to determine if the body was that of Rolene Madison, 17, Faribault. No idea where that is. No. Must be in Minnesota, those instances. I'm assuming so. Car crash, Kennedy mass jammed, no mail delivery Monday pastor to deliver final sermon in Duluth, papers hailed champion of liberty, area uh. scouts map, jamboree plans. West Germans lift police wall alert. West German police guarding the Iron Curtain border were placed on alert Friday night following the assassination of President Kennedy, Bavarian authorities announced Saturday. Officials said the alert calling for increased safety measures was lifted Saturday morning and that there were no incidents. Oh, okay. Hunter dies another lost in Wisconsin. Where at? Northern Wisconsin, yeah, where at? This always happens during hunting season. It's inevitable I that know. there's some tragic accident. Oh, one had a, collapsed and died. Heart attack. Oh, okay. Another one went missing. They get lost when they're in the woods? In, Did they find the missing man? Or in no? Price County, not yet. Wow. wonder how long he's been missing. Uh, he went missing 2 p.m. And this came out, obviously, in the morning. So overnight, oh, in any case. Just overnight. That's. I mean, at least as of the time of printing. Yeah. You know, vacuum cleaner. 3988. What else we got here? Anything? Snow tires. Uh, we're going to need some snow tires. Here, we've got good, better, best. Good for 888, better for 1144, best for 1844. You know how you do that. You 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 assume everyone's going to pick the middle the middle <laughs> one. So, yeah. you, you offer 3, and nobody wants to have the rotten one. And, but but other nobody people wants like, to spend on the best. Nobody one. wants to be the it's the one that's you know paying overpriced for the splurge or the good one. So they know ninety percent of the people are going to buy that one. It's eleven forty four. The better. Yep. Yeah. So when they make them, they make five of the good and five of the best and eighty thousand of the better. Correct. Uh, minister author Huxley dies of cancer in Hollywood. Novelist Aldous Huxley, famed for his satirical vision of a brave new world. I remember that book. Yeah. And a member of the eminent British family of letters and sciences died Friday of cancer. He was 69. Died at his home, etc., etc. The outstanding testament to Huxley's imagination was Brave New World, the novel that earned him literary immortality in 1932. The satirical classic envisioned a world of babies mass-produced in laboratories and brainwashed slave workers. He predicted then his imaginary world would become a frightening reality in 600 years, but a few years before his death, he voiced fear the mechanized society would arrive in less than 200 years. I'd say that that's a pretty conservative. Yeah. 
Right? Seems yeah. to me with the rate of advancement that we're going to well, be yeah, there anytime. I mean, look at, you know, we used to have to sweep the carpets and that clean, and now you got things like the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, it seems like an only a matter of time to me. Con I mean, gorilla. they even have, look at automatic can openers and and things, you know. It's, we may have never had these conveniences. Of course, they charge you a lot for them, but not everybody can afford them. But yet, you, they're available. Yeah, I'll stick with my scout knife. Yeah. Kong gorillas step up attacks along Viet Front. Ten Hiep, South Vietnam. The pace of communist guerrilla attacks has risen swiftly on the battlefield. The canals and rice paddy fields only 40 miles north of Saigon. One after another, eight government outposts were hit Thursday. The Viet Cong guerrillas captured large numbers of U.S.-supplied weapons, killed defenders, and drove many others into the paddy fields. Why are we there anyway? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've heard stories about why we're there, but, you know, who knows what to believe. Maybe we'll see in some future papers. The Viet Cong moved almost to the gates of Mytho, headquarters of the Vietnamese 7th Division. This forced the 7th to strike out from the normally quiet town and disperse the guerrillas to give some elbow room, as the U.S. military advisor put it. So hot is the action that U.S. armed helicopters have had to double as flying ambulances to bring out the wounded. Helicopters are averaging eight flying hours per day, far more than ever before. I don't know. It seems like if we weren't there, we wouldn't have our soldiers uh, needing flying ambulances. Right. And we're, we're, we're there at the behest of who? Isn't that at the behest of France? Yeah, I know. Joseph Kennedy among last to hear grim news. Yeah, so his dad was one of the last to hear, I guess. Yeah, I think because he was in really ill health. Uh, yeah, because of his poor physical condition from a stroke he suffered in December 1961. Ted Kennedy broke the news to him. Oh, wow, look at you. His grandmother is still alive. Yeah, 98-year-old grandmother unaware of JFK's death. That'd be hard to tell her. She is confined to the second floor of her home at 3 Rundell Park, Dorchester. President and Mrs. Kennedy sent her a bouquet of flowers when she celebrated her 98th birthday three weeks ago. I wonder if they are going to tell her or not. Yeah, I'd be kind of... Better not let her watch the news. No, but yeah, how are you going to keep it from her? Give her some books. Oh, even Connolly. Connolly had to be told still of Kennedy's death because when he was having all those surgeries. Yeah, you remember in that other paper they said that he hadn't been told yet. Yeah. Who told him? Uh, not seeing where they're saying who told him, so. It just must have been in the hospital, the hospital staff, or, well, look at that one. Morrow promises socialists role in new government. Where is that? Rome. Premier oh. designate Aldo Moro announced Saturday he has reached agreement with the socialists to form a new center-left government. Despite the optimism expressed by Moro in his brief announced, there, was, there still were fears such a government would be torpedoed before it ever got off the ground. The agreement reached by Moro and socialist leader Pietro Neni must be ratified by the ruling bodies of their parties, the Social Democrats and the Republicans, the left-wing party. The agreement, if ratified, would end a cabinet crisis started by the resignation of stopgap premier Giovanni Leone 18 days ago. 
Oh, I'm sure we'll have our meddling hands and Oh yeah, that we definitely well. can't have that in Italy, no. not Western Europe. No. Great humble gather to pay homage to Kennedy. Call for unity scene and Johnson talk to Congress. Bananas eight cents a pound. <laughs> well, it says that the chief executive, that's Johnson, is expected to appeal for unity as he strives to meet the problems thrust on him by President Kennedy's death. Yeah, I mean, if they can't come together now, they're never going to. Okay, now, you know, if you looked at this, Russ felt influence of Kennedy. However, I think they mean Russ. Yeah. Russ, I think Russ who? Russ Havner? Or, yeah. Or who, who? Which Russ? Well, uh, since it's in Moscow, I think they're going to say Russia. Right. Doubtless the most influential man in the Soviet Union in the past three years, next to Premier Khrushchev, was President Kennedy. It was bound to be that way. For with no nation, not even China, has the Soviet Union so many points of international contact as with the United States. Almost every move made by the Soviet Union had to be taken with one eye on the United States and the man who was at its helm. With the attitude will to be the will with the attitude will be toward President Lyndon B. Johnson is not clearly outlined. Toward Kennedy, that change of attitude could not be uh, could be most sharply marked, I need more light, could be most sharply marked in the period between the summer of 1961 when the President Khrushchev met in Vienna and the Cuban affair. There is no doubt that Khrushchev set out to give the new president, then barely six months in office, a taste of international power politics in Vienna. Reports of the conference from people who were at the sessions or nearby were that it was stormy and frightening. Months later, Khrushchev was reported to have said, I gave that young man a good scare. But the young man returned the scare in October 1962 when he moved to the brink of nuclear war, moved divisions of American troops and bombers to the Atlantic coast facing Cuba, and told Khrushchev to get his rockets off the island. The, the premier did. Khrushchev showed new respect for Kennedy after that. It reflected respect for a man who had learned the uses of power, but a man prepared to control that power even in the heat of such an affair as the Cuban rockets. Oh, it looks like the Kennedys must have still had relatives in Ireland. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah that's what it says. In Ireland, Kennedy clan weeps. I know that they've got a huge family. Yeah. Madeline Ma Islanders take dim view of dials. What's this? Uh... LaPointe, Wisconsin. To an outsider, it may look as though they're trying to be stubborn about progress, but actually the citizens of Madeline Island, the largest of the apostles, have a good reason why they don't want their telephones converted to the dial system. They know that to keep their island sailing safely through sun and storm, they need Sally Erickson at the helm. In this instance, the little but vital switchboard and the Erickson home, where Sally is the operator and bookkeeper for Madeline Island Telephone Company, this is the same home where Sally was born when her mother was the operator. Now Sally has a daughter, Anne, and a son, Evan, who can handle the switchboard. The only difference is that they were born on the mainland, Sally said, as she fastened a jacket on her, the smallest of her five children to send him outside. Now with Kathy, it was a different story. I didn't leave the island. My husband was all over the place searching in vain for our relief. 
Ordinarily, my aunt or her niece can take over for me, but that day, they were waiting at a cocktail party. Finally, in desperation, he had to go get them, and what happened? The whole cocktail party came along. Some birthday party. But it was lucky, because one of the ladies turned out to be a nurse. They didn't get here until 7 o'clock, when I was still at the switchboard, and Kathy was born at 10 after. Can you imagine being that tied to your job? It's in your house and you're in, you have to... She's in labor and she can't step away. Correct. The baby popped out 10 minutes after, after the nurse arrived. Usually the emergency is the other way around and it's Sally who comes to the rescue. There's no fire station on Madeline Island. Fires are reported to Sally and she calls as quickly as she can everyone who knows, uh, everyone she knows who will lend a hand. There are no doctors on the island either but several have summer homes there. So when a distress call comes in she has her way of tracking down one of them. Nobody ever asks for a number. You ring the operator with the crank on the wooden box next to the phone. Maybe it's Clara Reek from Chateau, from the Chateau Madeline, who tells Sally she wants the beauty shop. I'm sorry, Clara, says Sally, but the girls took the afternoon off to go to Ashland. They said they'll be open this evening, though. Pinned on the wall over the switchboard are bus and train and ferry schedules and the doctor's wow, hours she's... and wash break. <laughs> She's responsible for coordinating everything. everything on the entire island. There's also a bulletin board for messages like, Maggie Hirsima has gone to Bayfield in for supper, but will be back <laughs> on the 930 boat in case a long-distance call comes from her daughter in Denver. I'm all for nostalgia, but oh, man. During power failures, crank cranks on the sides of the phones are everybody's friends because they generate enough power to ring Sally. She, in turn, has a hand crank that keeps the board going under manual operation. So even though the power is off and Madeline Island seems like it's all alone in the world or a storm so bad the ferries can't run or the ice isn't thick enough to drive to the mainland, Islanders know Sally has her fingers on the pulse of the situation. They know there's no dial system that can ever take the place of the Ericsson system. Wow. I can't believe one person coordinates the activities on the entire island for everything. Yeah, and here's a picture of them. Sun tent switchboard under Sally's <laughs> supervision. That's funny. Yeah. Photos tie rifle to Oswald. That's from the first oh, page. Cares. Anything here that's important? Uh nuclear energy tiff continues i had seen something about they wanted to build a nuclear power plant in north dakota or minnesota and there's yeah, it continues from oh actually one. here turn back i think there's Let's... a full page article right there why rural electrics decided not to risk 30 million dollars a year in a nuclear okay. power venture yeah so that's an advertisement but it's because they're trying to develop a new nuclear power plant and the taconite industry and saying that the taconite industry is dependent upon yeah taconite industry uh mp and l has led you to believe that they serve the taconite industry did you know that both Erie and Reserve Mining Companies, the major producers of taconite, own and operate their electric generating power facilities but do not buy power from MPNL? So they're saying we don't need a new nuclear power plant because they already have more than enough electricity even for these iron mines. That's what it sounds like. 
Yeah, it's just a, just the word nuclear kind of scares me. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, you know, because I associate it with the bombs, not not power. We got another full page of food prices. Oh, cream cheese, twenty nine cents. I Ham, sixty nine cents a pound. That's pretty expensive. That is expensive. Junta unpopular, but sometimes inevitable. What's that about? Quito, Ecuador. Under criticism from the United States and from Democratic leaders in Latin America, military regimes have grown so unpopular that hardly anyone south of the Rio Grande says a word in their defense. This is even true of the four men who compose the junta ruling Ecuador. We do not believe that such rule is necessary, says Rear Admiral Ramon Castro Gijon, but sometimes it is inevitable. The other three members of the junta, two army generals and an air force colonel, agree. Jointly, they argue that when they deposed the constitutional president at gunpoint July 11th, they were compelled to act by a breakdown of civilian administration. The ousted leader, Carlos Julio Arosemena Monroy, had been a hard-drinking president whose behavior on official occasions embarrassed the nation. Businessmen were losing confidence in taking their money to foreign lands. Civilian political parties were divided and confused. The Communist Party was legal and red terrorism be was beginning to break out. The armed forces, says Admiral Castro, had an obligation to safeguard the national honor and rescue the country from chaos. Popular or not, this doctrine of an overriding duty to protect the nation from collapsing civilian leadership seems universal among Latin military leaders. and now appears to be more restrained in action, but is too traditional to be quickly or easily removed. The junta in Ecuador, obviously sensitive to the danger that it could lose popularity, has made unusual efforts to demonstrate democratic intentions. Nothing says democratic intentions like a military coup. Oh, right. And what's okay? So that's Ecuador, and what's this about Venezuela? Gunfire heralds Venezuelan vote. Gunfire sounded in the background last week, but as a whole, Venezuela was enjoying the atmosphere of a circus as it went about the business of democracy. A milestone national election will be held December 1st. Multicolored posters of 19 political parties. Can you imagine <laughs> having 19 political parties? No. I mean, that sounds nice and terrible at the same time. You'd have more choice, but how would you ever decide? Well, that's where you have to get your your little checklist and figure out who's doing what. 19 political parties pepper buildings, lampposts, trees, walls, plazas, monuments, and automobiles. Automod automobile caravans swing through the crowded streets of Caracas, laden with youths chanting through loudspeakers for their candidates, honking horns, and jangling bells and sirens. Interesting. Democracy is relatively new to Venezuela's history of dictatorships. President Romulo Betancourt will be the first democratically elected chief executive to finish a five-year term if he lasts until March. Well, how will you not last till March? Aren't the elections well, coming up? If he gets shot or something, I guess. Oh, or okay. If... Wow, maybe we're you know trying to predict his. <laughs> but the demise. carnival atmosphere also carries danger from constant sniping, bombing, and burning. Well, sure, by... you got all that noise and stuff going on. By uh, and burning by FALN, the communist ally terrorist organization, styling itself to armed forces of national liberation. FALN and leaders of the underground Communist Party have declared all-out violence to sabotage Venezuela's first attempt to transfer political power from one democratic regime to another. The terrorists brought Caracas's 
normal activity to a near standstill Tuesday and Wednesday with a toll of 24 dead and 84 wounded in two days wow. of street fighting. Terrorists failed to gather uh, newsworthy support for a boasted general strike but by a combination of violence threats to merchants and the strewing of thousands of tacks managed to keep most motorists and commuters home. So is there, are they saying that the Communist Party itself is trying to prevent a democratic election from going on? Yeah. Oh. Well, that's uh, not good. Three million Venezuelans are scheduled to elect a replacement for Betancourt, plus 44 senators, 168 federal deputies, and 14 legislators, blah, blah, blah. He says Venezuela has long been the leading target for the Cuban regime of Fidel Castro. He also says the communists have formed an alliance with right-wing fanatics to overthrow democracy at any cost. The army has remained loyal so far. So who's overthrown? The communists or the right-wing fanatics or both? I don't know. It also sounds strange that they would team up for anything. All right. What else we got? De Gaulle's nuclear force battles pocketbook. President Charles de Gaulle's controversial nuclear strike force is headed for a bitter political battle in the arena of public opinion with an eye to the taxpayer's pocketbook. Beaten in Parliament, de Gaulle's opponents are taking the issue of national nuclear armament directly to the people. They hope to make it as lively an issue with the French public as it already has been in Britain. Now, I wish that we would get to decide as the people on whether how much we're spending on our nuclear arsenal because it seems to me like we're just spending more and more and more I, every well, year con- and we never Congress get to decide. To do stuff behind. I mean, I don't know why that doesn't come out in the forefront of what they're deciding to spend the money on. Why don't we have national referendums like these other places do? Yeah, I like national referendums where the people actually get to vote on what they want to have done. New Zealanders, Australians to vote amid plenty. Hindus fight hardships with prayer. It doesn't sound like it's going to be very effective. Well, I don't know. That's pretty much the way people do here as well. (laughs) That's true. Diane waits happily for telephone book. Oh, I think that I saw that. That was uh, her number got misprinted in the phone book, and it was for a really popular uh, thing. So she receives like you know many many calls a day for a wrong number. Yeah, she it's a, she got the she's a receptionist for an optician's office. They listed the number for a railway station for her. So, so everybody's she gets calling calls her for about, the tickets. Yeah, when the train is going to be coming. God, can you imagine? That'd be terrible. Yeah, that would be pretty awful. Duluth deaths. Well, we don't know any of them. No. Regional deaths. We still don't know any of them. Psychiatry expert interprets killer. Dr. Silvano Arrieri, a leading authority on schizophrenia, said Saturday that if Lee Harvey Oswald is guilty of the assassination of President Kennedy, he believes he has fulfilled his mission in life and now considers himself a martyr. Arrieri, author of Interpretation of Schizophrenia and professor of clinical psychology at New York Medical College, said it was his opinion that the assassination would see nothing but that the assassin would see nothing but good in the slaying. Well, that would be why he would do it, right? That would be why he would do it, but how can this psychiatrist analyze a guy he never met and hasn't been convicted of anything? Yeah, that's a good point. Let's see, we got our second section. We'll run through this real quick because I've got to take care of some stuff. New president to steer charted course. Uh... 
Yeah, these Duluth papers are way longer well, than the Ironwood papers. This is the Sunday Tribune, so it's twice as long. Oh, they, yeah. they only have the second section in the Sunday edition. Yeah, they're just saying that he's going to have to... Uh, oh, and I see where they said that the new president is healthy because he had had a heart attack, but from, they said that he recovered and is totally fine. There's no problem. Yeah, it's this Lyndon Johnson's doctor say the new chief executive fully recovered from a 1955 heart attack. Yeah. Well, I would assume so. I mean, he's and been the vice... It's eight years later, and, eight he's, years later and he's president. been the vice president. If he wasn't recovered, he probably wouldn't be working in uh, you know a stressful job like that. Correct. 36th president is 35th person to hold office. You know why that is? No. Because Grover Cleveland had two non-consecutive terms. Oh, okay. So he was, you know, two different presidential numbers, but was one person. Right, okay. Spend, Johnson spends day meeting with advisors, political task ahead. Yeah, this is just laying out, like, all of the things that he's inheriting. This is a lot of Duluth-related news, yeah. so we'll skip that. Paper's fighting me. What's this? Puritan Heller, Representative Burns, Burns, tied to GOP payroll dodge on taxpayer. Republican congressmen have devised a neat way to let the American taxpayers pay the salary of a staff director of their Republican Policy Committee. The job is held by Philip Brennan Jr., who does purely political jobs having no connection with Congress and isn't authorized to collect a single cent of government salary. However, eight Republican congressmen have saddled Brennan's salary onto the taxpayers by each putting him on their federal payroll. I saw that. Just a way to get around. Uh... They simply list him as an office employee, paying him a monthly salary ranging from seventy-four twenty-six to two forty-seven forty. This transfers the expense to the public. I, you know, I'm sure there's a ton of that going on, and they oh, just sure. caught that guy. But how many others have have people on their salaries that shouldn't be? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Clean slate, debt coverage, inexpensive, easy with insurance. Okay, they're trying to sell life insurance to people here. Yeah, basically, I, I think what they said is they sell you life insurance for exactly what your debt is. So, like, you have a mortgage and you have a car loan and you have this, what, that, and the other. They tally it all up and they sell you insurance for that specific amount so that your spouse isn't burdened with that when you die. Oh, here's an interesting one. I heard about this family. Death walks high wire. Tragedies stalked. Walendas carry on. Huh. Fort Worth. A full house of more than 8,000 stopped cheering the opening night of the Shrine Circus in Will Rogers Memorial Coliseum. It was by request a plea over the PA system. There's more than 8,000 faces, blah, blah, blah. Ready out, said Carl Walenda at the rear of the three-high, seven-person pyramid on the high wire. One step. As one, they took the one step. Not one eye, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's just, this whole story is going to be how, uh, you know, despite the injuries and deaths, one was crippled for life. Uh, Mario Walenda is in a wheelchair uh, that seems like a crazy career to me. Two of them died two years ago, crashing into the concrete. Oh, God. 
Well, so, maybe they, they might want to uh, buy that life insurance that they're <laughs> maybe, trying to... <laughs> maybe that's why it's on the same page. <laughs> Correct. But yeah, I heard of that Walenda family. It'd be hard to sell them life insurance. Oswald hated authority. He was a loner and kept pretty much to himself all his life. He held radical views but wasn't regarded as a troublemaker. Deep within his introvert, inverted personality became imbued in early youth with an alien ideology enunciated by uh, enunciated a century ago by Karl Marx. This was the portrait that emerged Saturday of Lee Harvey Oswald, 24, accused of the assassination Friday of President John F. Kennedy. Blah, blah, blah. Then it looks like this entire article is talking about him being a communist. I'm like looking at the very end of it and they're still talking about him being a communist. So that's old ground by this point. We've seen a bunch of articles right. on that. Right. Reds deny guilt and assassination. Moscow Radio charged Saturday night that rightist elements in America are attempting to cast the blame for President Kennedy's assassination on the communists. The radio said serious observers do not believe the police version about the responsibility of leftist elements for the assassination and wait for further results of the investigation. The radio commentary on the arrest of Lee Harvey Oswald, an avowed Marxist and former defector of the Soviet Union, stated the head of the Dallas Police said that Oswald allegedly admitted he was a member of the Communist Party. But the more details and announcements are made, the more suspicious and dark this case appears. That's right. He originally said that he claimed to be a Marxist, not a communist, but that he couldn't distinguish between the two. And there is a difference, as I understand it. Marxism is just... A critique of capitalism. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. It's just the the Soviets saying that... Uh, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. Cuba Fair Play Committee, remember that was that group that Oswald was in, said backed by Reds. The Fair Play for Cuba Committee, in which Lee Harvey Oswald claimed membership is a pro-Castro organization denounced in the U.S. Senate as financed and dominated by communists. In a New Orleans radio interview last August 21st, Oswald claimed to be New Orleans secretary of the committee, but oh. Vincent Theodore Lee, national director of the organization, said in Buffalo, New York, that he was not. Huh. Lee went from New York City to Buffalo for a speaking engagement. New York police fearing possible reprisal from outraged citizens after news of Oswald's association with the committee became public, sent 11 men to guard the committee headquarters, third floor offices at Broadway and 11th St. During the night the force was reduced to six men who still stand guard. You know, I think it'll be a long time before we figure out what all the forces were in this assassination of JFK. It's just... It's well, I'm looking forward gonna to... There's going to be a lot of speculation and a lot of blame. I'm looking slamming. forward to him, his trial. Yeah. Bleak skies reflect mood of numbed Washington and Dallas, another widow mourns slain husband. Uh, well, yeah, because there's going to be the, um, the police, police officer, officer that was killed. Right, exactly. NYC wears dark mantle of mourning. Mrs. Kennedy offers her help. Uh, she's offering help, her help to, to Mrs. Mrs. Johnson. Mrs. Johnson. Right. Yeah. Uh, she would gladly help in any way she possibly could. Berliners join mass tribute. Nixon honors last chapter. 
don't be sad, Bobby Kennedy tells office staff. Defense policies will not change. That's what you said. Johnson will probably stay with the same strategies as set up by Kennedy. Yeah, one, they say that the, they'll march forward under President Johnson without breaking stride, but one major policy involving the U.S. military role in space may change direction. Johnson has indicated he favors an increase in the military emphasis in space research, which under the late President Kennedy took second place to civilian space exploration. Hmm. Well, so let's we're hope going that, more toward the military instead of space exploration. Let's hope that that's not the case. Yeah, I hope not. Oswald put up fight. Policeman describes struggle in theater. That's they said he was battered when he came out. Uh, Nixon honors last chapter. Comptroller Saxon. Student predicted slaying. Hmm. Interesting. New Haven, Connecticut. A student at Southern Methodist University in Dallas noted in a letter to his mother Wednesday that President Kennedy was coming to the city and wrote prophetically, 10 to 1 he'll be assassinated by some of these Dallas maniacs. The letter, received by Mrs. R.L. Rose of New Haven Thursday from her son, Robert, added, After the Stevenson incident, I'm seriously worried about his safety. Rose was referring to a recent incident in Dallas when Adlai Stevenson, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., was spat on and hit by a placard. President's death shock sportsman. Here's all the sports. Skip that because I gotta go. Yeah. All right. But uh, more sports. More sports. Well, I'm sure we'll have a lot more to come more in the sports. coming papers. Right. There's Wisconsin Reigns' deer capital in hunting opener. Yeah. Oh, there's a Erho Nikola was deer hunting 20 miles north of Duluth when he bagged this large Canadian lynx. Look at that. I think that's terrible. How it's, many lynx are there? I don't know. Probably a lot up in those parts, but uh, it's a cute. Pretty Look how animals, cute it is. I know. That's terrible. Shame on him. <laughs> McNamara's appraisal of a power, of a power comforting. Yeah, I don't think that we have. And these are just all advertisements. Looks like that's about it. Well, we'll wait we'll for the next issue. Yeah, we'll get our next Daily Globe tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to think about what we're going to be picking up for Thanksgiving coming yeah, up. Yeah, it looked here. like there was a lot of good deals. Yeah, it looked like there was some Although good Although they, they way overcharge on the hams and stuff at this time of yeah, year. Yeah, you know that they're going to do that. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for picking this up. It was fun looking through it. And, uh... Yeah, I'll see you after I get some other work done. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Again, this was Sunday, November 24th, 1963, and you were listening to And That's the Way It Was. <laughs>